Welcome to the Bacon Game Sports Pod. Your source for the latest on baseball, football, and whatever else he feels like talking about. Get ready. Here is your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. I'm joined with my special guest, no one, it's me, back on the podcast, by myself, doing all the fun things, and uh, speaking my mind a lot. I feel like, um, not not that my guests for the past few weeks or the past, you know, the entire time that I've done this have been bad or anything by any stretch of the imagination. I really like the past two guests I had especially on, they were really cool. I want to get JJ Talks back on the podcast for sure, they're really good guys. Um, I like... I like them and I like their opinions, but I think I need to be a little more strong and uh, have a little more conviction what I'm saying. And I think the best way to do that is for me to do a podcast by myself so I can really, you know, get my points out there and get them across as easily and as best as possible. So that's what we're going to be doing today. That's what I'm going to be doing today, at least. Um, And we're going to do the same thing we do every week. We are just previewing week 11. We got Seattle and Arizona tonight. I'm going to try and get this podcast out right before the game. This should take about an hour, hour and a half, and then I'll put us at like 7.30. And, you know, I'll keep streaming and stuff because I'm streaming on Twitch, by the way. You guys can follow me on Twitch um, at BaconGamesFantasySports.com on Twitch. So you can check me out there. Um, Obviously on Twitter and all that stuff. But yeah, Um, basically I'm just going to go through the games and then I'll continue to talk about this stuff on Twitch and then we'll go from there. Okay. All right. So the first game that we're going to talk about is obviously the Thursday night. It's going to be Arizona versus Seattle. I've got Seattle straight up and then I've got Seattle minus three. Line's not too big on this. I get why it's not too big. Look, Arizona, I, I want to say that they should have lost to, uh, see, um, to uh, the Bills last week, but I am tentative on that. I, I, they, they both played not super great. The Bills defense actually played really well, which I noted in my recaps. If you listen or watch my recaps, or not watch or listen, if you read my recaps, which I try and do for most games during the week, I still watch every game, even if I don't make, uh, you know, annotated notes about them. I still watch every game. But yeah, the Bills defense played really good. Um, They were shutting down Arizona's pass offense pretty well. Um, Kyler did what he could, but man, the Bills were good against Arizona and the Bills have not been good all year. I wonder if that's saying something maybe about, you know, Kirk, being not a, not as on his game all the time as he normally is, Christian Kirk, and about Larry being not always on his game, and maybe about, you know, Buffalo having an okay defense. So I'm not worried about the Arizona offense. Um, the line looked pretty good, especially in blocking. I think they could run the ball pretty easily on Seattle, which is a crazy thing to say, but it seems like people can. Um, so I, I don't hate, like, all of the offense, but um, it, it was just, it was a weird, it was a weird game last week, and I didn't particularly come away with that thinking Arizona is a very good team and you know they won in the Hail Mary so it is what it is. Seattle on the other hand um has a very good offense they've got Dwayne Brown they've got Tyler Lockett who should play tonight they've got DK Metcalf love that um Carson's probably not going to play but Alex Collins looked pretty good in limited work last night he looked he's big he's a bulldozer runs hard I like that about him a lot and there were some holes for him Seattle made which which is encouraging to see um now I've watched the Brett Coleman great uh great YouTuber Brett Coleman he's great on Twitter um he does uh, really good, like, in-depth analysis on certain things in the NFL, and he was talking about Seattle's defense, and he agrees with me, I think, that the Seattle defensive line isn't that bad, and, and I pretty much agree. I think the whole defense isn't that bad on paper, but Brett kind of, like, you know, puts it up, or he kind of thinks that it's the coaching staff, or just the ability to not make adjustments, predictable play calling, he thinks it's something probably going on with the coaching staff, because on paper, it's a really good defense, and I 100% agree. Quentin Dunbar, Jamal Adams, KJ Wright, um, the defensive line's pretty good, Collier's okay, but the rest of it's pretty good. 
Um, uh, who did I mention? Who did I miss? I missed the other linebacker. Shit, what's his name? Uh, whatever the other linebacker's name is, who's really good uh, outside of KJ White. I feel like I should know, uh, who it is, but I'm gonna look it up real quick because I'm I'm fucking terrible with names. I I do this on the podcast only with people too, but I need someone else to like help me get in there. What's his name? Bobby Wagner. That's it. Fuck me, dude. Um, so there's like good pieces on the defense. Like I like Adams. Diggs is okay. I like the outside guys. Um, the line is fine. Dunlap is definitely an upgrade for what they have. Wagner and Wright are very good. Um, I don't know why this defense is good. Brett, like I was saying before I got on this little tangent, he thinks it's probably because of the coaching staff. And I, I gotta agree, something's wrong there. And I don't think it's the players they've assembled. Like, if I was the GM, I'm pretty happy with what he did. Like, I love what the GM did, getting this defense together and getting the offense together. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, but it seems like there's something going on with the coaching staff that Seattle's defense not good. But maybe we'll see that change. You know, if, if it isn't, if the defense is good on paper and there's just coaching adjustments that need to be made, then those things can be made, and this defense can rebound very quickly. Um, I think it's a pretty good defense. Um, so basically what I'm getting at is I think Seattle's going to win. Um, they've got a better offense than I think Arizona, just because Tyler Lockett is better than any number two Arizona has. It's not even close. And I think Kyler and Ross are probably equal. And I like, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't like DK as much as I like um, Hopkins, but they're closer than I think most people would, would, um, would think at this point. Uh, so basically the offense is better. Arizona's run game is probably a little better. I don't care. Seattle's offensive line is definitely better. So I'm going with Seattle. It's a pretty, pretty easy win for me. I'm hoping the defense, and I think it definitely can because it's good on paper. I think it definitely can be a decent defense this year and they're going to need it when they make the playoffs. Um, for sure. Arizona as a playoff team is becoming more likely. Um, I, I honestly think we're going to get through, we're going to get three teams, out of this division. It seems like we're going to get Arizona, Seattle, and the Rams out of this division. I, I think that's pretty easily what's going to happen. Um, and what that means for the rest of the NFC South, you know, it, or NFC, I'm sorry, not the NFC South, is not great. We've got, I think, these three teams. We've uh, the Cardinals, the Rams, the Seahawks, then we got the Saints and the Buccaneers, and then we're going to get the Packers, and then that's probably it. Uh, Packers and then whoever wins the NFC East. That's probably it. I don't think we're going to see a Chicago I don't think we're going to see a uh, a Minnesota team come out of there. As hot as they are, people love how hot they are, but I'm not really buying in, as we'll talk about later. Um, so I really, yeah, I just don't like what I'm seeing <laughs> out of that. But I think we're going to see three. I think we're going to see three teams out of this division, because it's a very tough division. So it should be a fun game tonight, at least. Um, in terms of fantasy, which is kind of the bigger portion of this these podcasts, at least is what they have been. And I kind of want it to be a little bit more even, but whatever. It is what it is. I will start both running backs because you probably don't have better options if you were considering starting out with those running backs. I'm going to start both of them, probably. I think I like Drake a little bit more, but he had that really bad fumble last week that I was not a fan of, and Chase Edmonds is definitely the guy they used in the past more, so I'm leaning more Edmonds, but um, these guys are both definitely startable. Kirk, it's a very juicy matchup. I get it. I really do, Um, but I'm, he's probably a sit for me. He's two boom busts. It's a Thursday night game. I feel like we're going to see a lot of Hopkins if the defense is still as shit as it's been most of this year. So I'm probably sit. I think I like Larry more than him, and he's just, you know, not as boomer bust. So um, I, I think I'm a sit for Kirk. Uh, the quarterbacks are both easily startable. Whoever, if, if you have Alex Collins, you pick him off the wire, give him a shot. Um, I don't hate it, and Arizona's defense is fucking trash still. I will stand by that for a while. They've got, like, three good players, but the rest of the team defense is really bad. Um, they're definitely playing above their record um but i think their floor is like eight and eight at this point if they have six wins already right they're six and three i'm pretty sure right now yeah so their, their floor is probably eight or yeah their floor is probably eight wins they'll probably get to nine or ten 
Um, but I think that's a little bit playing over their head. So probably lose to Seattle tonight. We'll probably get to eight wins at least. They'll probably make the playoffs because Kyler is so unbelievably good. It kind of erases the defense, kind of what, what Seattle has been able to do to get to six and three with the way their defense has been playing. Both very similar teams, as I think you can read into um, from what I've been saying. Um, Olsen definitely lucked into those catches last week. I don't think it's consistent, but it's tight end. If you have to do it, you have to do it. I don't want to start Olsen, but, you know, if you had Kittle and you lost him or you're dealing with whatever <laughs> crappy tight ends you have to deal with, like a Seki and you thought he would be good, or uh, if uh, Jimmy Graham's on the bye this week, if you need to replace Jimmy Graham, I don't hate it because um, there's no one on Seattle I want to start, like Arnold or any of those guys. Fuck that. doesn't matter. Um, I'm starting Arizona's defense, but that's in a league where it is just, like, <laughs> it's just one uh it's it's weird defensive scoring basically they only it's like a point for a sack uh two points in interception a point for a forced fumble point for a fumble recovery but um as long as the defense lets up more than zero points they don't get any points for like letting up scores so like it doesn't scale right so like zero to seven is like what like 10 points for defense then seven to 14 is like whatever and then on and on it's just either if the defense allows zero points you get, like, 10 points, and if they allow more than zero points, you get nothing, which I like a lot. Um, I don't I think it should just be zero across the board, but whatever, the league is what it is. I don't have any control over it, so. But I do like that defensive scoring. It's, it's more about, like, the stats, you know, they pile up, right? It's more about the sacks, the interceptions, and the defensive touchdowns and all that stuff, rather than, you know, the amount of yards or the amount of um, points they let up. Also, in that league, the yards don't matter at all either, so. I like that a lot. It makes the defenses less of a factor, um, which is good, because it's kind of hard for fantasy to, like, you know, have, have the whole defense and be like, hey, this is my player, but it's literally 11 guys that it's kind of hard to predict who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. Um, I, I just I just don't like it that way. I like it better if it's just the stats that we normally know, like we do for regular fantasy. You know, we don't count quarterback wins or any of that shit. We, or, you know, how many yards the offense scores, just about how much the individual player does. And I feel like it translates well defense. So I like that. Um, if anyone's considering making a change for defenses because they don't like defenses in some way, I like that a lot. And I also kind of want to get rid of special teams, but whatever, DSTs. Probably hit or stay. I'm just working on getting rid of kickers in most of my leagues, right? So we'll have to we'll have to wait before we get rid of defenses, right? Um, all right, cool. Let's talk about the next team. We've got Philly and Cleveland. Um, I've got Cleveland straight up, and I've got Cleveland minus three. Uh, Cleveland seems to beat up on pretty bad teams, and I don't think Philadelphia is a good team. So Cleveland just needs to run the ball for 150 yards, 200 yards, and they're probably going to win this one. I don't think they'll ask much for ba from Baker again, so it'll just be the two guys on offense doing everything they can. They've got a really good offensive line. Um, the defense was good against Houston. It was uh, definitely weather problems, so that probably impacted the defense a lot more. It was a 10-7 game, so not, you know conducive to being like, oh, hey, Cleveland might have a good defense. But on paper, you know, I don't hate Miles Garrett. I don't hate the defensive line. Um, I like Ward as much as I didn't like him coming out of college. I still think I'm a pretty big fan of him. Um, Ronnie Harrison has been playing well for some reason. Uh, he was never this good from what I've seen from this year. He's never been this good on the, on the, on the Jaguars. So I, I'm impressed. Uh, but I, I do like Ward and I think Garrett could carry this defense enough for where there's, like, no shot that I'm taking Philly against this team. Now, I like the Philly defense, too. I think I'm liking it a little bit more than I have in the past. I've said it's been pretty average for most of the year, but I think it might be close to, like, above average, probably in the way from, like, uh, 10 to, like, 12 or 13 or something like that. If we were to run it back, and I love running it, y'all know how much I love running it. If we're looking at defenses, I'm taking Miami over them. I'm taking, this is over the, uh, I'm sorry, this is over the Eagles defense. I'm taking Miami over them, taking the Ravens, taking the Steelers, that's three. 
Um, Houston, maybe. Houston, I'm going to give... Uh, I'm sorry, not Houston. Indianapolis is going to be four. The Chargers are going to be five. The Broncos are going to be six. Um, football team's going to be seven. Giants are going to be eight. The Bears are going to be nine. Packers are going to be ten. The Buccaneers are eleven. Saints are twelve. Rams are thirteen. So they're anywhere from like twelve to thirteen to fourteen. I think that's that's about right. So they're they're probably about an average defense, but I think they could be a little bit above average. And against Cleveland and against Baker, who is fine, but they don't really ask too much of him, so he's a bad fantasy asset, which is disappointing to me. But um, yeah, if they don't ask too much from Baker, which I don't think they will need to, because I don't see Wentz dominating this defense at all. Um. I, I, th I think this will be a pretty easy Cleveland win. I take Cleveland up to like seven points. If you can, I think you can like do something where you can, I think it's called teasing. Like you can like make the line bigger for like a bigger payout or some shit like that. I would, do, I, I think that's a real thing. So listen to the Pick Six podcast, um, the CBS podcast with Will Brinson. Love that podcast. Huge fan. Um, but they do stuff where they talk about that. I'm not sure how that works. I'll have to get into betting a little bit more before I understand that stuff. But I definitely, um, I definitely like the idea of this being a higher line. Like, three seems a little weird for me. I, I don't necessarily want that at all. So, um, yeah, I'm going Cleveland this one. You start the two running backs. I don't think you start anyone else on the Cleveland offense. Uh, maybe Hooper. Probably Hooper, because tight end's pretty bereft of talent, so you probably do that. But just start the running backs. Don't start Baker, obviously. Don't start any of the wide receivers. But if I had to pick a wide receiver... Um, I still like Donovan Peoples-Jones. I feel like he went really late in drafts, which is really dumb. He had a really bad quarterback in Michigan, so he didn't put up too much numbers. So I think that impacted his draft stock. So I like him a decent amount. Um, I think he can be a good number through there. I'm not sure what's going on with Jarvis. Um, ha has has he been okay this year? Like, like I mean, legitimately, like, has he been, like, okay, you know, health health-wise? Like, I feel like he's still dealing with the hip injury stuff, and that's really frustrating, especially for a guy who's supposed to be a good slot receiver. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I wouldn't start Landry unless you really have to, and you shouldn't have to start Landry. Don't start him. On the other side for Philly, um, you know, the offensive line's been okay. I love Sanders um, a lot more than I did coming into the year. Uh, I thought he would split more, but he seems like he's just taken over the role completely. Um, the offensive line's been okay. So I like Sanders. Um, Ward on Fulgham. Probably start Fulgham. Um... You know, we're, we're, we saw a little bit, I don't know what the snap percentage is, but I, I actually should check the, for, for Alshon Jeffrey, um, Jeffrey snap percentage, um, let's see, oh, wait, um, 2020, I don't want the fucking, I don't know why, Eagle snap count, NBC sports, okay, so it looks like he was on the field for 18 snaps, which is 27% last week, uh, which, oh my god. I thought someone was talking to me. Holy shit. I hate, I hate websites that autoplay videos. It is, I know this is like, not like a thing that's a speed or anything like that, but autoplaying videos is so fucking annoying. It's the most obnoxious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Anyway, Jeffrey played 18 snaps, 27%. It'll probably go up to like 30, like 50% of the snaps. So not super worried about him taking over for Fulgham, but um, just note that he's coming back and I don't know what Deshaun Jackson is, if he's ever going to play, you know, for whatever when he will play again. Arthega Whiteside didn't play. They were healthy scratches, which is kind of weird. Um, but yeah, I, I think Fulgham is just the guy and he's the only guy. If you have Jeffrey Picknum up, cool. You might save him for the fantasy playoffs if you really need him, if they got good matchups then. But yeah, I'm not super worried about him taking over yet, but eventually I think Jeffrey will get to, you know, close to the regular amount of snaps. Um, so Fulgham is still good for this week, but going forward, definitely something to keep an eye on. Absolutely something to keep an eye on. Um, 
Wentz, I wouldn't start against Cleveland's defense. It's not great, but Wentz has been pretty bad all year. He turns the ball over a lot. Um, he doesn't have a lot of good receivers. I think they have Goddard back, right? Is Goddard going to play this week? Goddard. Dude, I am. Also, the Google thing. I don't know if you guys have been uh, on Google today, but it's got like a bug that goes across the screen, and I'm like freaking out. Holy shit. Um... Yeah, I, I believe Goddard's going to play this week, which is good. You can start Goddard, which is great. Um, he's probably the best receiving option, though, even before Fulgham, I think. So he'll probably get a lot of targets, hopefully. This is what we like to see before the season started, just him by himself finally getting healthy. Um, I'm excited for that start. Hopefully, Wentz, I think, will be better as a quarterback if he leans on him more, I think, probably. So we'll see how it goes. I don't think Cleveland's going to be able to cover him really well. They don't have good, uh, good coverage linebackers. Like, I don't think Goodson's very good at that. I don't know anything about Malcolm Smith. I don't think he's very good. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like he's, like, a pretty good start. Definitely one of the better tight end starts in a very, very shallow, you know, tight end pool. So that's good. Um, I just, I worry about Philly. <laughs> Losing the Giants isn't as bad as people think because the Giants are a very good defense. But, man, Wentz has to do something because the rest of the team is not good enough to carry the quarterback. Wentz needs to be, be the team pretty much. Um, and I know that's a big ask, but he's he's not playing well either. So <laughs> definitely not something... Uh, not something to look forward to as an Eagles fan, and they'll probably lose this game um, by about a touchdown because Cleveland will keep it close because they'll just run the ball out for most of the game. Moving on, we've got Atlanta and New Orleans. I've got Atlanta straight up, and I've got Atlanta plus four and a half. Obviously, I'm taking them straight up. I'm going to take them with the points. I've seen the most film that I watched in the offseason was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last last uh, offseason, so <coughs> excuse me, last summer before the season started. And 100% Jameis Winston took that team from being a 10-6, and 11-5 team to an 8-8 eight and eight team and missing the playoffs. Without Jameis Winston, that team would have been in the playoffs not even close if they had a, a like a standard quarterback, you know, a standard to okay quarterback. They have a great quarterback now, so they're obviously going to be a playoff team. But Jameis Winston sinks teams. New Orleans is a great, is a very good, very solid team, probably one of the most solid teams in the NFL. They're, they've got good players at every single one of the positions on the field, but fucking... Uh, it's he's going to sink them. Jameis Winston is going to sink this defense. It's not even close. They're going to be sunk. He's going to sink that team. He's going to throw two picks at least against Atlanta's defense, which I don't think is that bad. The cornerbacks have been playing a lot better because they're young and they're getting better, or at least Terrell has been playing better. Um, and also Deion Jones, plus Ricardo Allen, they've been playing better, which is good to see. Not great, but for whatever reason, Atlanta seems to do this. They're going to beat New Orleans. This is definitely a trap game for them. Jameis Winston's going to suck. He's going to be fucking terrible because he sinks teams. That's what he does. And, uh, yeah, Atlanta's gonna beat them. It's, it, it's an, it's an easy one for me. It's a very easy one. Like, this is not close. Easy Atlanta. I'll take them no matter what. Um, I, I'm surprised they're getting four and a half, honestly. It seems like that's a lot, but Atlanta plus four and a half is an easy lock. Would lock that in. I saw PFF tweeted about that at five plus five is a lock. Four and a half is a lock easy, too. Um, in this game, um, you know, Jameis was a pretty good fantasy option, though, as weird as it was, if he didn't have meltdown games, and I think he could be a decent fantasy op option this week against, uh, and not very good defense, um, not a terrible defense, not one of the worst in the league, but just not a good defense, um, he can be a good fantasy start, I think you're starting the guys you normally do, I think you can start all the pass catchers, uh, pretty much, you, you start Cook, I think, because again, tight end is pretty low, um, it's just, it's just not a very good position. Uh, start Michael Thomas, start Emmanuel Sanders. You can start all those guys. Kamara, if he doesn't play, oh my god, this will be great. We can get Latavius Murray in there. He he would be such a great fill-in. Um, if, if you still hold on to Latavius Murray, if he's on your waiver wire, 100% grab him because it looks like 
Um, what did he miss practice with? It looks like Kamara foot. He set out on Thursday practice. Probably not, you know, super alarm bell ringing, but definitely a little bit in there. You know, it's a little bit. I don't think that even if Kamara plays, I I'm still factoring in Atlanta beating them. Even if Kamara plays, it doesn't matter to me as much. Um, Atlanta side, yeah, start everyone except don't start Russell Gage. Uh, I'm still, I'm just concerned about him as a player. I mean, th there aren't too many bye week stuff, but like if you're replacing Allen Robinson and Russell Gage, like find someone else with a better upside than Gage. He doesn't really seem like he's a good up a good upside. Um, New Orleans has a pretty good defense, but if you know logically following, if if Jameis Winston throws a few picks, they're gonna have some pretty good field position. So maybe Gage sneaks in a touchdown, but I'm not trusting it. I like uh, I like Hurst though. I always like Hurst. He's got, I think, like the third most receptions for a tight end, something like that. Let me check real quick. Tight end receptions, 2020. Let's check. Fantasyfootballers.org. Will, will that show me the stats? No. Huh. I thought this was like the fantasy footballers, but whatever. All right, tight ends. Let's see who has the most. He is the fifth, it looks like. Behind Kelsey Waller, Ingram, and Kittle. He's got 37. He's tied for actually fourth with Kittle. Hurst and Henry, so, yeah, um, definitely a good start, there's no way you're sitting that guy, huge fan, um, that's about it, don't start at their defense, that'd be really dumb, <laughs> all right, let's move on to Cincinnati and Washington, I've got Cincinnati straight up, and I've got Cincinnati plus one and a half, and this is just basically coming down to Joe Burrow, he has a very good, uh, He's got a very a lot of good skill position players on there, and he's been better every single game. Love the Washington defense, but if T. Higgins plays, you know, I saw he was on the injury report he, with an illness or some shit like that. Hopefully he doesn't miss, but um, I don't think it's COVID or else they probably would have came out and said it, right? They've done illness before, and it hasn't been COVID. Like, I know, I'm pretty sure Duke Johnson or David Johnson, one of them is dealing with an illness as well. It was one of the D. Johnson in Houston. I didn't read further into the article. Sue me. Um, but yeah, so I've got Cincinnati straight, uh, straight up and Cincinnati plus one and a half, because taking Burrow... Alex Smith has been playing really well, and I like him as a quarterback, but Cincinnati's defense is probably not as bad as I thought. Jesse Bates has been playing really well. Um, it's not going to be enough to slow down McLaurin, but if we're talking about a quarterback duel, which I think this could turn into, because Burrow is, I think, getting that good, even against Washington's very good defense, um, they can beat them. Now, I will say Washington last, last week against uh, uh, Detroit, they did get very unlucky. They probably should have won that game. Washington was down 14-3 pretty fast before the defense could recover and actually play well. Like, the first touchdown was kind of like a, not really P.I., but it was a little bit of, like, bump and go, and the guy just fell down and got pretty lucky. Stafford's a really good quarterback. I don't think Burrow's on that level yet, um, but he's got some really good weapons going for him, so I'm kind of a big fan of Cincinnati right now. I think they're a little bit better than the record. Um, but this is a pretty big game for Washington, although I don't really buy into narratives like that at all, but they really need to win this game. And maybe the more I think about Alex Smith actually being a pretty good quarterback, maybe I'll watch a little bit of film on Saturday or, or tomorrow, or maybe even tonight. I'll, I'll reconsider because I like Alex Smith and, and I'm thinking with Washington Demons being so much better than Cincinnati, I might change this, but right now I'm on Cincinnati. Um, and I'm, I'm going with it. Maybe I'll change my mind on Sunday, but I'm going with it right now. Cincinnati, Cincinnati plus one and a half. I'll take it. Um... Let's see for fantasy. Uh, Burrow is not at must start, so you probably sit him. He's probably like 15th for me. Um, I think you sit him, but you start T. Higgins, you start Boyd, you sit AJ Green because you should never have that. You should cut AJ Green. Get that fucking piece of shit off your roster. He's basically a tight end, and he's probably wouldn't... If he was like a tight end designation right now, I probably wouldn't take him over like the top uh, like 
12, 13, 15, probably the top 15 tight ends right now. He'd probably be like 16th on there on the tight end ranking, and that's not good. So, uh, yeah, cut him, please, please, cut him. Um, on Washington's side, I love McKissick. Uh, I like Gibson a decent amount. Uh, and Terry, those are the guys you start. And you probably start Alex Smith, too. Uh, Cincinnati's defense is probably not, not terrible, but one of the worst in the league. Uh, and he threw for 380, almost 400 yards versus Detroit. I don't think there's much of a difference between Cincinnati and Detroit's defense. So you start Alex Smith, and hopefully he throws some touchdowns, which I think he very easily can. Terry should have a really good game, and uh, Alex Smith, very excited uh, for him to throw, like, two touchdowns and get close to win this game. It's pretty much a pick em, right, with one and a half, and... I feel like I'm talking myself into Washington a little bit, so we'll see, but yeah, we'll, we'll see on that. I'm, I'm, I'm like so in the middle on this, man. Fuck. Sunday, I'll definitely make my decision, but right now, definitely leading Cincinnati. Just a little bit, though. Um, moving on to Detroit and Carolina. I've got Carolina straight up, and I've got Carolina plus one and a half. That's contingent on Teddy Bridgewater playing. If Teddy doesn't play, we're going the opposite side. This is all. Everything I'm going to say is contingent on Teddy playing. Detroit has a pretty bad defense. Carolina has a pretty okay defense, definitely getting better because they're young, like probably one of the youngest in the league, if not the youngest in the league. I think Detroit has the edge in quarterback. Love Stafford. He's been good ever since he turned 30 and didn't rely on Megatron as much and wasn't Stafford. I think I've said that multiple times, and I will repeat it again for anyone who's new and who's listening for the first time. Uh, so I like Stafford, but Carolina's just a better team. Detroit without Galladay, they're just not that good of a team. They've got a decent offensive line. I think Carolina could actually... Um, not not dominate, or not even be good against, but be reasonable against, and reasonable enough where the defense can hold hold back Detroit. They're getting Chin back. He might have played last week, but I like Chin a lot. Jeremy Chin's been pretty good this year. Burns is great. Gross Matos is good. I like Brown. He's got, like, a pretty solid defense, um, and definitely more solid than Detroit. Okuda has not been good this year. No one has been good on this defense this year besides Jamie Collins, who I voted for in the Pro Bowl, because I think he's that good on a pretty shitty defense. Danny Shelton also pretty good, too. But yeah, this isn't this isn't gonna be a good enough team to beat Carolina. Carolina's on a pretty big losing streak. They turn around this week. And um I like everyone except Curtis Samuel, because I'm just not a big Curtis Samuel fan. He had like what, like combined like eight touches for like twelve yards last week. He's a big boomer bust guy. And his bust is really bad. His boom isn't even that good. Like if if we're throwing at guys like Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, there's just like no reason really to have like involve Curtis Samuel as much as they want to, or, or they seem like they're doing. Like, he gets involved a little bit, but just give the ball more. He's way better. Um, and I think that's what they have been doing recently, or it's what been the stats have been, you know, putting out there. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm big into Carolina, big into those receivers. You start everyone, you start, if Teddy Bridgewater plays, it's an easy start for everyone except Curtis Samuel. If Teddy doesn't play, I feel like I'm a little bit more inclined to look for Curtis Samuel if you need that kind of like deep flex play because I feel like they'll have to get him more involved just because the offense won't function normal with Teddy Bridgewater being a pretty pretty good, you know, traditional quarterback, even though he can run the ball decently well. Uh, on the Detroit side, yeah, start Marvin Jones. The Carolina defense isn't that good. It's okay. It's definitely better than the Detroit defense, but not by a whole lot. So you can start him. Uh, I think he's the only one besides Galladay if Galladay plays. Like, you start both of them and you'd be pretty happy about that. Definitely can start Stafford if he plays, which I think he will. Um, I know I didn't mention that before, but I'm pretty sure Stafford should play. I know he's, like, in injury designation, but he's, he's trending in the right direction, which I think is the same thing that Teddy is trending, which is great. I mean, I'm happy to see them both. Uh, so yeah, you can start, uh, Stafford. I would be very interested in starting Stafford. He's gonna have a very good week against Carolina. Um, the two wide receivers that I mentioned, I don't think anyone else you really want to take a chance on. Hockey, definitely want to play. Um, with Swift being out, 
hey, take a look on your waiver wire for carry-on. Um, they'll probably go back to Peterson, but there's there's an outside shot that carry-on has a lot of goal line carries and gets like two touchdowns. There's an outside shot of that for sure. This is probably going to be a high-scoring game, so get most of what you can get out of these two teams, but I, I'm still pretty out on Curtis Samuel. All right, moving on to the best game of the week with the actually the biggest line. It's interesting. We've got Pittsburgh and Jacksonville. We've got Pitt straight up, and I've got Pittsburgh minus 10.5. The line is 10.5. If this was closer to 14, I would consider Jacksonville, but uh, at, at minus 10.5, this is a Pittsburgh, and this is pretty not close for me. Um, I think this could be a track game for Pittsburgh. Jacksonville has beaten them in recent years, but this is such a different team than it was when they last played. It's not even worth it to consider Jacksonville for this. Um, Lutton didn't show me too much last week. The Jaguars have a pretty good offensive line, but not good enough to really slow down the Pittsburgh defensive line they're going to eat this week. Still start James Robinson. Love James Robinson this, but James Robinson is enough to carry this team. And neither is DJ Chark if Lutton can't hit him, which he definitely failed at last week a decent amount. So yeah, I just said Pittsburgh easy. Um, they're gonna. They're also. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just even talking about the Jaguars' offense versus the Jaguars' defense. I didn't even talk about the worst part for Jacksonville. It's the defense versus the offense. C.J. Henderson just went on the IR. He'll be back week 14 probably. But yeah, um, Pittsburgh's offense. If if they don't put up 35 points on this Jaguars' defense, they should consider that not doing their job. Um, Pittsburgh should should do really well. Not to say that Jaguars' defense doesn't have hope. Um, they do, but Chase on has been bad. The offense, the defensive line has been really bad. Uh, Josh Allen maybe is still hurting because he had a really bad game last week. It was terrible. I couldn't tell why. He just wasn't moving as fast. He wasn't doing the spin moves as good. I just didn't really like it. Um, and it's pretty much just Miles Jack and Sidney Jones. And I, I did like number 20, Thomas. He seemed okay. You know, not as good as the last number 20 on the team, but he seemed okay. You know, there's some there's some hope for the Jaguars in the future. But against Pittsburgh and against those three receivers, I don't know how you're going to cover them, especially with no C.J. Henderson. Um, uh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. Uh, this should definitely add to the people clamoring for Ben Roethlisberger to be, like, an MVP candidate, which he is not. He's not playing that well. Um, the receivers are just very good on that team, including Chase, Chase, Chase Claypool, which who have kind of possibly have shit on a little bit on Twitter, but I still think he's a very good receiver. Um not my, not my top, not in my top five, or he's probably my top 10 for rookie wide receivers, but he's not in my top five for rookie wide receivers. I'd 100% go Judy. I'd go Pittman. I'd go T. I'd go Justin Jefferson. Maybe he is five. I'd go those four. Oh, probably CD then. Probably CD five, because I really like the situation. Obviously, like I've said a billion times. Yeah, after that, maybe it's Chase Claypool. Maybe. I think he's probably close to there. So he's in the top 10, for sure. Not top 5, though. I don't think he sneaks in there. Um, but anyway, he's still really good. He's going to dominate Jacksonville. Probably put Sidney Jones on... If I had to guess, it's probably going to be Juju and probably um, Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool will see, like, Trey Herndon, and it'll be really bad. So, not good. Um, Pittsburgh should dominate. Start all your Pittsburgh players. Anyone you can find. Eric Ebron, all the receivers... Even James Washington, I think, could get involved if you really need a, like, a deep flex play. Do it. On the other side, I don't think Pittsburgh's secondary is that good outside of Minka. And Minka's had kind of like an okay year. Um, but the defensive line's so good, it's whatever. Uh, I still think Lutton, with a big arm, will be will hopefully be able to hit Chark. Because Chark is a very good receiver. He's going to dominate Joe Hayden. And uh, what, Artie Burns or whatever the fuck the other guy? It's not Artie Burns, but I think it used to be. I keep missing messing up this guy's name, but I know who he is. Oh, Stevie Nelson, right? It, 
<sighs> I'm not scared. DJ Chark should not be scared of any of those guys. Uh, Keelan Cole's been good in the past few weeks, but I don't trust him as a receiver. He's a good number four, okay number three. I don't like where he's at. Lavishka, I think, should be back for this week. Um, The, the Jaguars are going to be playing behind, so take all the guys you can get. And I think Robinson is... His, like, floor is probably, like, eight points, which is something I could see him getting this week, but um, he's a must-start. You, you can't sit him. There's no way you should see him Robinson. Um, shouldn't be a good game. I don't think Pittsburgh will get caught in anything. Um, I think this is in Jacksonville, but who cares? Jaguars are going to get crushed. They're, they have such a tough schedule going forward. They still have to play Baltimore. They still have to play Cleveland. Like, they already lost to uh, Cincinnati. They're going to lose to Pittsburgh. They're, they're coming for that number one pick, dude. The Jets the Jets have an outside shot of winning this week, and Jacksonville's coming for that number one pick, dude. I'm excited for it. Jaguars, I don't think I've had a number one pick um, since I've been alive. They've been in the top five a lot, but I don't think they've had a number one pick, which would be kind of exciting, I think. So, there we go. That's enough for that game. We've got Tennessee-Baltimore coming up next. This is the old switcheroo. I've got Baltimore straight up, but I've got Tennessee plus five and a half. This game should be three points or lower. There is no way this game should be higher than three points. That is a ridiculous thing to put out there, and i got to take Tennessee with the points. Because I think, well, I, well, excuse me, while I think Baltimore wins this game 60 to 65% of the time, I don't think they win the game by more than three too often, and I think Tennessee has a pretty good shot of beating Baltimore anyway, so... Um, yeah, I, I like Tennessee with the points. That's too many points uh, to give up. I love Baltimore's defense. I don't think Clayus Campbell's healthy yet. Um, Jimmy Smith is out last week, so they are down some guys on defense. Um, but also, last week against New England was such a fluke. I don't I don't read into what they did last week at all, and neither should you. If you do, you're, you're just ignoring the game conditions for some stupid reason, or you're just being willful, willfully ignorant for some reason, and I don't understand why. But this should be a very good game. Probably the game of the week besides Tampa Bay and the Rams. Um, Green Bay and Indianapolis should be okay, but I, I, I think I like Tampa Bay, Los Angeles, and then this game is the second best one for sure. Um, yeah, it should be a really fun game. Um, I like Baltimore straight up, but I am worried about their offensive line. They really don't have a, a good one outside of, uh, is it Stan, Stanley got hurt right after he got paid and then Orlando Brown, one of them got paid and then got hurt. I forget which one. It's either Brown or Stanley and I forget which one is playing. I think Stanley is still playing. Oh, Brown is still playing. Okay, whatever. He's still playing, and he's probably the best part of that line, but the line isn't very good outside of him. Um, I, I do love the defensive uh, front for Baltimore. I love the, the team pretty much for Baltimore outside of the offensive line, but yeah, it's pretty tough. Um, the receivers aren't doing Lamar a lot of credit. They're running three, three running backs again. Just not good. Use Gus. Use JK. Just get rid of Ingram. We don't need to see him at all. They're going to still use it because they like to keep those guys fresh, and I get it, but when they don't have a good offensive line and they're running a kind of sluggish, not as good as Gus Edwards and not as good as D, um, I was going to say DK Metcalf, but not as good as um, Dobbins, you just kind of kind of sink yourself a little bit, and I really dislike that. Um, get Lamar to run the ball more, keep this game close, but I think they win by a field goal, plus five is too much for me to handle, but I like them straight up, because they've got a very good defense, Lamar's still a good quarterback, um, I think they can shut down Derrick Henry, but they probably won't shut down Tannehill, because Tannehill's really good, and he's got two very good receivers on the team, but Baltimore has two very good cornerbacks, so these teams are, are pretty evenly matched, I would say. I think I like Lamar, over Tannehill, but man, it's getting closer and closer each year. I love what Tenn Tannehill is doing in uh, Tennessee, but also if I'm talking about the Tennessee offensive line, it's not very good either. No Conklin, no, uh, obviously, and no, um, no, what's his name? Uh, fuck, it was the guy who, after they came back from COVID, and was like, oh, yeah, they doubted us. We were the underdogs. It's like, dude, your team ignored, like, the practice, like, rules and stuff like that, so people wouldn't get sick, and then people got sick. We weren't 
like fucking with you because what's Taylor Lewan? That's it. I didn't even look at it yet. Taylor Lewan. With him being out, not good. Uh, I don't really like most of this offensive line outside of that. But I love Tannehill, love Davis, love Brown. Derrick Henry, I think, could be held in check. But he's, you know, he could break one, and that would be really bad for Baltimore because they do have a hard time getting back in it when they're they're down by, you know, a good amount. And this is a rematch of what the the second round of the playoffs too. Should be really fun. Um, I also maybe I haven't said this enough, but I really like Tennessee's defense. Um, if Butler isn't playing as good as he's been playing the past two weeks, um, I love Simmons, I love Landry, I love Clowney. This this could be a pretty good defense, possibly, you know, definitely in the top fifteen for sure, definitely in the top half of the league. So, um, I think Tennessee keeps it close. Baltimore probably keeps it close. Plus five is just so much, but Baltimore again probably better. Um, I think Hollywood's had a pretty good season, but it doesn't seem like Lamar can get him the ball. Um, I think Lamar needs to go back to basics like he has the past few weeks and just run the ball more, um, use more RPO stuff, use, I, I don't even care if you use Hollywood as a distraction, but probably use Hollywood as a distraction. Willie Sneed isn't a great number two, they needed a good number two there. If they're able to, like, move up in the draft this year and take someone, you know, I think there's some pretty good receivers in the draft this year, if they're able to take, like, one of these top talents in, in the draft for whatever reason, if they're able to move up for some reason, man, that would be great. They, they really need a number two, though. I don't know who's going to be in the on the free agency market this year as a wide receiver, but man, they need a number two super bad because Boykin's good. And I like what they're doing with the team. Um, but if Mark Andrews doesn't step up and Lamar doesn't hit him, you know, where he needs to be, because sometimes when Mark Andrews is open uh, or when he's not open, he is open because he's got great hands. You know, he's one of those guys. He's like a, not like a DeAndre Hopkins, but like a, like in like a better AJ Green, you know, some guy who might not look as open, but he is open because he can catch really well. You know, good contestant catches. I think Lamar needs to trust Andrews a little bit more because he's definitely the best receiver on the team outside of Brown, who I think is having a very underrated season, just not a good statistical season, you know, because I think it's a little bit on Lamar. He doesn't even have that. I feel like I haven't seen Lamar on tape throw that deep ball that he threw in the first week of last year against Miami at all this year. I haven't seen it done. Why aren't you taking chances like that? I don't know if it's a play call or what it is, but it is frustrating to me, at least. I, I feel very frustrated by it. Um, and that's leading Baltimore to not be as good. Uh, but if we're talking about fantasy, you shouldn't cut Brown, but it just doesn't seem like he's getting involved. And maybe he's just getting involved more as a, as a decoy, which I think is fine, and honestly, to use. I think that's pretty good, but he's just not getting involved. I think I... I'm not saying I'd rather have Willie Sneed, but... Eh, I might rather have Willie Steed. <laughs> I think you can start Mark Andrews with confidence, though. Just Lamar needs to trust him a little bit more because he's got great hands. He catches the ball all the time. When he's not open, he's still open. I'm a big fan. I don't think you can start any of the Baltimore running backs. Um, it's it's a fool's errand to try and pick which one of those is going to get a touchdown. They're just getting they're not getting enough use, and they don't have a good enough line to really do what they were doing last year. I don't think. Um, without Yonda losing uh not Ronnie Brown, whatever the other guy is losing the other guys for for the entire year after he signed that big deal, not good. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's a really disappointing, <laughs> it's really disappointing for Baltimore that they're, that they're going to have to deal with this. And for fantasy, it's even more disappointing. For Tennessee, I'm starting both receivers, but they're, they're low end threes for me. Like even, even AJ, uh, even AJ Brown's kind of a low end two for me. And then, uh, what's his name? Co Corey, Corey Davis is like a low end three for me. Tannehill just likes Brown more, which I get because he's so versatile. He's huge. He's fast. He's good contested catches, and Corey Davis is just kind of like a good traditional receiver, I think, so, um, but he likes throwing at Brown more, which I get, but, because he's more, you know, versatile, but both of these guys are good receivers, just a really tough matchup, um, I still think you can start both of them, but I'm not super excited to start either of them, to be honest, for, for obvious reasons I think I've discussed, um, let's see, 
we've got New England and Houston coming up. And I was talking to my dad earlier. I I think Houston, I got Houston share up and Houston plus one and a half. I think that's like kind of a low line, but people really like New England in this, which is kind of crazy. I really thought Houston would be favored in this. Um, it a little bit boggles my mind that they're not, but here we are. Houston just uh, not getting a lot of love because they have a bad record. And that's pretty much it. They're a better team than their record. And Bill Belichick acknowledged that. And I think it's pretty true. I don't think they're a good team, but they're a better team than their record with some pretty good players. Kind of like Arizona. Just, you know, if maybe Houston had DeAndre Hopkins for some reason, they would be, you know, like a six or five win team. But they just don't. So it's kind of like weird. Um, I still love Will Fuller. Huge fan. And I think uh, New England's defense is not that good outside of Chase Winovich, pretty much. Uh, the McCourty brothers are fine. They haven't been as good as they've been, as good as they were last year. Um, they're still, you know, fine. And Bill Belichick's still a very good defensive coach. Um, Chase Winovich is fucking killing it this year. New England's offensive line is killing it this year. But, you know, Watt gets gets in. He makes plays every week, no matter what. He's still a very good player, especially in the run. He's going to eat Harris alive. I think the defensive line will do a pretty good job against Harris, even with New England having a very good offensive line. Cam is just a quarterback I can't trust. I don't care what I've seen, what people have seen, or what people have think they've seen in the past two weeks. Cam is not a good player anymore. Um, he's pretty good for fantasy. But he, he, he's not a good quarterback, and, and Deshaun Watson is leagues better than him, so it's an easy Houston for me. I don't care about anything else. It's it's so easy, it's not even close. Houston's offense is leagues above New England's offense. Leagues, it's not even close. Their top wide receiver is probably Jacoby Myers, who I liked a decent amount. I think he's pretty good, but Will Fuller is just like 10 fucking feet above this guy, 10 fucking tiers above this guy. Same thing with Deshaun Watson. Same thing with Duke Johnson over like Rex Burke and all those guys. I think I like Harris a little bit more. Um, but if they have Duke and David and they use them appropriately, like 50-50 shots, um, the, the linebacking group is, or the running back group is way better. Um, Tunsil's still good. The offensive line's like kind of meh, but yeah, this should be an easy Houston win for me. I'm very much on Houston. I, I'm just surprised Houston's the underdog. I would have taken like minus five, honestly. Minus five, minus six, maybe not minus seven. Actually, I still th I take them minus seven. I would take them all the way up to minus seven on this. Pretty fucking easy. Yep. hundred percent. hundred percent would do that. Um, so yeah, in terms of fantasy, uh, start Will Fuller, because he's a top 15, top 12 wide receiver every week. Um, Cooks, is this a revenge game for Cooks? Kind of? I still like Cooks a lot, because I like Deshaun Watson, they're gonna sling the ball a lot. Start Duke, I think you can definitely start Duke, even if David Johnson, or, yeah, even if David Johnson is back, you still start Duke, you 100% still start Duke. I think what they saw from him last week, or what I saw from him last week, was good enough for him to earn a partial starting job, and that's not close for me. So yeah, I think you should start those two. Yeah, start Duke and start David. Hopefully David stays out so we can get Duke full in there. Um, but people seem to be really off-putting with him running, and I, I don't think he's a bad runner between the tackles. So whatever. Um, start those guys. I don't want to start Akers anywhere. He's a touchdown-dependent tight end. Don't start him, even, even if you like have Jimmy Graham on the bye. There's got to be someone on the way wire better that you can find. He's like my 24th or 23rd or 21st-ranked guy. N not very worth it, I don't think. Um, on New England side, sure, start Jacoby Myers. He's got a he's got a pretty good catch radius. Um, he's got great hands, and uh, Cam Newton's a pretty bad quarterback at throwing the ball, so he's the only one I like. <laughs> um, you can also start Cam and start Harris. Those are the only three guys you could start, and it's Houston, so it's a pretty bad defense. So you know, I kind of don't hate it, but um, still, Cam's a bad quarterback, and he's he's like he's like fifteenth or sixteenth. He really you know his value comes in running the ball and. Houston probably does a pretty good job at stopping running quarterbacks, I think. So, yeah, I'm a fan uh, of Houston in this one. I'm a fan of Cam. I like Harris the most. He's the only running back you can trust 
um, on New England. Don't buy into Rex Burkett. Don't buy into any of these guys. You have no idea what they're going to do. Um, besides Damian Harris, who's taking over in the Sony Michelle escrow. He's going to end up uh, on the year with a pace for like over a thousand yards like Sony did in his first year. And it's going to be really good. Uh, I think uh, I think Harris is a pretty easy guy you can you can trust week to week, which is crazy for me to say about New England running back, but I believe in that. I really do. Um, so I think that's enough of that. Uh, of that game? Yeah. Let's talk about Miami Endeavor. How is Miami only minus three and a half? How is that possible? This is the most ridiculous line I've seen in my entire life. I, I, I might throw like 20 bucks on this game because this is fucking absurd. If Miami doesn't cover three and a half, the, the world is even more crazy than it is right now. That would be that would be just absurd. What is Denver has a terrible quarterback with an injured, uh, an injured wide receiver group, a, a pretty good defense, but also an injured defense. Like this, there's no way Miami loses this game unless Tua implodes. And to be fair, I haven't seen great things out of Tua. I've seen okay things out of Tua. He seems pretty. I don't want to say coddled, but I feel like the um, coaching staff isn't taking a lot of chances because why when their defense is doing so well defense and special teams are doing so well but it doesn't really matter defense is going to dominate denver and i don't care who they have a quarterback as long as it's not like <laughs> drew lock or something like that uh then i wouldn't know if i would feel comfortable with miami's defense because on the other side you know denver's defense is pretty damn good i love callahan what he's doing this year um they've got you know simmons is back to being what he was last year i think he's gonna be stable going forward for that team chubb is still pretty good um they've got good pieces for sure but um it's just with, with Drew Locke at quarterback, it's not going to happen. I don't care if we see fourth quarter Drew Locke the entire game. He will not be able to beat Miami's defense, especially Kyle Van coming back. So that's just a moot point for me. Um, th this is not, I don't, I, we don't need to spend any more time discussing this. It's an easy Miami. If you take Denver plus three and a half, you're just throwing away money. I will take, if anyone wants to bet me any sum of money on Miami beating Denver minus three and a half, I will take that in a heartbeat. Um, but for fantasy, we've seen KJ Hamler get, 20 targets about in the past two games um he is a pretty good receiver and a pretty crowded class obviously as we, as we have seen um so kind of leaning like you could consider starting kj hamler he's a more talented receiver than tim patrick that's for sure and hamilton better than deshaun hamilton for sure better at penn state too um so i i, I like hamler um actually a decent amount in this one um because i don't think either two of the traditional outside cornerbacks handle him well and i think what is it ibanagani is the inside corner he's been pretty bad all year so i i like hamler he's the only guy i like um because i fucking hate lock and uh i think judy will probably have a tough time on either of those two outside guys so um judy's probably a sit and i think hamler's kind of a start um philip Lindsay also should be a start i don't it, it, I know the game, the Denver game, got away from them last week, so they didn't really use Lindsay that much, and the one time they did use him, like, the first quarter, he was stopped behind the line, he hadn't, there was just nothing going, because he didn't have, you know, he, he literally got the ball handed off to him, and then he got hit, so, kind of hard to deal with, but he's a better running back than Melvin Gordon, I'll stick by that all day, and I would much rather, it's not even close, so much rather, I would, uh, how much I would rather start Lindsay over, over Melvin Gordon, yep, 100%, and, uh, Melvin Gordon, it's probably gonna be 50-50, but, uh, I don't think it's gonna be enough for him to get uh, to get, like, to be fantasy relevant, unless he scores a touchdown, which is possible, but Denver has a pretty good defense, or, I'm sorry, Miami has a pretty good defense, so we'll see about that. Um, on Miami's side, uh, I don't want to start anyone except Ahmed and Gasecki if you want to start a tight end. Um, Tua has not been leaning on Gasecki, but I think Tua realizes, like, I think most people realize, he's an incredible athlete, Gasecki, and if you get him involved, he will show you why, uh, he was drafted in the second round. Because um, he's a great receiver. He's a really good receiver. Uh, but I am I think he's the only one I want to start. I don't really want to start um, Parker on Callahan. Um, I don't think two is that good, so I'm probably out on him. 
Uh, I've seen Jakeem Grant being thrown around a little bit. He's definitely a more boomer busty. He's in like, if, if you like Curtis Samuel, then you probably like Jakeem Grant, and I'm just not that person, so not starting Jakeem Grant, not really good on that, but uh, yeah, I, I think you I think you could just start probably Ahmed and uh, I think Gusecki, and that's all I want to do in that one. Denver's a pretty good defense, regardless of their offense, so... Yep, let's go to the next one. We've got the Jets and the Chargers. I've got the Chargers, and then I've got the Jets, plus nine and a half. Um, I don't think we'll see Darnold, which is disappointing. Uh, his shoulder's really giving him fits. Uh, it seems like that was really bothering him last week, or last year, too. So that's not a good sign. Um, it, it feels like the Jets are, are going to take another quarterback. But could they beat the Chargers? Yes. Have the Chargers been playing that good? No. If Herbert has a bad game or not a great game against the Jets defense, I feel very confident that he could very well easily be a bust. Um, and we saw that last week against Miami. Justin Herbert had by far his worst game. It wasn't even close against Miami. He got dominated. The receivers got dominated. He had nothing. He checked down the ball probably for almost all of his catches or all, all of his, uh, all of his, yeah, all of his catches, all of his completions or whatever were, were on very short throws because there was nothing doing downfield. He was inaccurate all over the place. Couldn't place the ball anywhere. He was really bad. Um, and they just have some pieces, you know? They have some pieces on defense, kind of like the Jaguars, but I think a little bit more tight. Um, Pierre Desir had that one game on, like, Thursday night that was really good. If he has another one like that, which I can very easily see happening, this will be a close game. My, and also, the Chargers keep shooting themselves in the foot. They just they just don't win big, and they don't really win sometimes. I can see the Jets possibly winning this game, but I'm not ready to be there yet. So I like the 9.5 pretty easy on there. Um, if Flacco can play, you know, at a Darnold level, which he seemed like he did last uh, two weeks ago, I think, then, uh, then yeah, Jets are also coming off a bye, right? So, seems like it's a pretty good game for the Jets to cover, but probably not to win. Nine and a half is a, is a little close. I can see that going up to maybe ten, ten and a half, and I, I would probably take that. I'd probably bet on the Jets plus ten and a half. Um, uh, for fantasy, start your Chargers, um, start Herbert, uh, start Mike Williams, because that boy needs to be involved more. He's actually, he's probably a good, uh, a good thing to compare Mark Andrews to. When they're not open, or when they're being covered pretty tight, and when it looks like they're not open, they're fucking open. Mike Williams is a goddamn king at high-pointing the ball. He's amazing. He's a great receiver. Great hands. Great job getting up with his giant-ass body. He's a great receiver. Use him more, please, Herbert. Please use him more. You have the best receiving group that you've ever had in your entire fucking career. Use them better, please. Um... It just he just frustrates me as a quarterback. I don't like him, but definitely a start this week. He's a he's a good fantasy quarterback. He's got good weapons. He can throw the ball deep. Hunter Henry should be involved in this game too because Justin Levin linebackers cover him or safeties. Marcus May I think will probably play outside more. I don't think he'll cover the tight end as much. So yeah, um, I like all your Chargers. Oh, except for the fucking running backs. I the Chargers running back group is like the New England Patriots running back group of old. Which you can even say the New England's running back. You can even say the New England Patriots running back group. Of, of this year, even. Um, so, yeah, uh, you, you can start um, no one in the backfield, but everyone in the receiving game. Um, if you had to pick one, it's, it, it, honestly, it's, it's a, it's, I don't know who to pick. Like, I, conventional knowledge probably says um, Kalen Balaj, but we've seen Kelly, we've seen Justin Jackson, who I think is hurt still, but we've seen both of those guys, you know, go off games, and then the next game, they're not involved. It's entirely possible that Balaj is, is involved, it's a Kelly game. It's entirely possible it's a Balazs game, not a Kelly game. It's it's possible that Justin Jackson, who I will check on his status real quick, um, has a game. I, I just it's definitely possible. Let's see, Justin Jackson is he playing? Uh, this is a week ago. Is oh, wait, they were. 
he was on he's on the IR. He was just placed on the IR. Oh, I thought I could get placed on the IR earlier. Okay. Uh okay. So that was last week. That is disappointing that I missed that. He is on the IR, but still. I don't really like Balage and I don't like Kelly. Um it's it's Still, I don't like any Chargers uh, running backs. I don't know. Who else is on the roster for the Chargers, honestly? Like, I, I could see... Let me throw fucking uh, random dart at one of these guys, and I bet they have just a game. Like, honestly, I, I could definitely see it. I don't trust this running back group at all. Let's see who we got. Roster. Um, uh, what about Pope? We could see Pope in there, maybe. Troy Main Pope. He got 25, uh, 25 snaps last week. But you can see him having a good game. You never know, man. I just don't. Don't trust this. Please don't trust it. Wait. It, okay. Derek Gore. That's a weird name. It's a weird combo of names. I don't love it. That's another guy. Maybe, maybe we'll see him. Maybe he'll be active. Maybe he'll play. Just don't trust Chargers running backs. Don't start him. It's a bad idea. All right. The next game we are moving on to is Green Bay versus Indianapolis. I've got Green Bay and I've got Green Bay. I've got Green Bay straight up and I've got Green Bay plus one and a half. How? How? How is it possible that Green Bay is the underdog to Indianapolis? They're going to beat them by at least 14 points. You can lock that in right now. Green Bay is going to beat them senseless. This Indianapolis team is not that good. They got a division game that they beat up on a better team than they than they were. Phillip Rivers isn't that good. They got lucky on Thursday and people are riding that high horse. And I think the betters are probably going to make some money on that because Green Bay is going to fucking dominate them. It's not going to be close. If Green Bay does not win by 14 points, I'll like shave my head, dude. Like legitimately... Like, they are going to be, they're so much better team than Indianapolis, it's not even close. Their defenses are probably on point, or probably not on point, they're probably very similar in terms of talent level. Like, I like Indianapolis' defense. They're not a top five defense, so they're probably like a top ten defense. Same with Green Bay. Um, but, I mean, they have a good, like, I like Autry, like I said before. I like Buckner. I think Kenny Moore's pretty okay, too. I like Darius Leonard. Um, uh, the safety that they have, he was a fourth round pick, and I'm totally blanking on his name. Is he also a chin, or am I misremembering that. I, I don't know, the safety that's playing. I, I like him a lot, too. He's having a really good rookie year. Uh, oh, Blackman. Sorry, I don't know why I thought Chin. They were, like, taken the same round, I feel like, in the fourth round, and they're both safeties, and I both like them a lot. I wish the Jaguars drafted either of them. Anyway, um, yeah, we got Indianapolis. I, I like the defense a decent amount, but it's not close how much I like Green Bay's defense. They're getting back Jair Alexander this week. It, it's it's going to be a, a Green Bay knockout. But I do really like Pittman. People are talking a lot about Pittman this week. He was on my sleepers list. He was on my breakout list this year. I'm very excited to start Pittman. Um, he's the only Indianapolis wide receiver I want to start. Do not start Phillip Rivers. He is not a good quarterback. Green Bay is a good defense. He will get destroyed. D don't do it. The, the only one you can start on this offense, um, uh, comfortably, the only one I'm comfortable with is Pittman, honestly. He's the only one. Um, I'm not comfortable with Hines. I'm not comfortable with uh, Taylor. I don't care if it's a Green Bay, you know, rushing defense. I don't think the Green Bay... Rushing defense is that bad. They played, uh, I'm pretty sure they played, the two biggest games were Dalvin Cook. I know they played Dalvin Cook when he went off that one, uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, but I don't think the Green Bay rush defense is that, is that bad. Uh, I really like Kenny Clark up the middle. They've got some okay guys on the outside, um, for, for run stopping. And I love the Smith brothers blitzing off the outside. Love Jair Alexander. Love Adrian Amos. Right? It's Amos. I'm pretty sure he's not still in the Bears. Or is he still in the Bears? Who's the safe? Who's the safety that I like? Fuck, what's his name? Green Bay Packers. Uh, oh, it is Adrian Amos, right? And Savage has been okay, whatever. That's fine. But I like Amos. I like Clark. I like the Smith brothers. Gary's been okay. But man, just getting back to Ari Alexander is going to be so good. They also have, like, one of the best centers in the league in Lindsay. Um, he's been really good. 
There is a chance that Adams doesn't play, and there is a chance that Lazard does play. So definitely something to keep an eye out on, but even if either of those guys don't play, I don't care. And Rodgers is, <laughs> like we were talking about before with uh, Watson and Cam Newton being like a top quarterback, it's it's even more of a disparity between Philip Rivers and, uh, and um, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. And plus, they have Aaron Jones and, uh, and Williams, who are great receiving running backs that I don't think... Uh, Indianapolis is going to be able to handle uh, if if Adams, Lazard, and Scantling are all playing. So, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Um, this is going to be an easy one. If you can bet this, I'm 100% betting on the Green Bay game. It's not even close. They're, they're going to make me some good-ass money. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, and uh, start all your Green Bay... Or start... <sighs> I'm starting MVS uh, for sure, because I don't think the secondary is that good for Indianapolis. Um... Yeah, I think I'm starting MVS regardless because there's a chance I don't have anyone better. Um, he, he's a little bit boomer busty for sure. Um, I like Lazard a lot more if you can get him. Um, but if if uh, Adams doesn't play because he hogs, hogs so many targets, it's an easy start for both those guys. And I'd be very happy to start either of them too. But if he does play, I'm probably got to pick Lazard to MVS and I'm probably on the Lazard train. Uh, for Indianapolis, only start, yeah, like I said, you only start Pittman because he's the only good receiver on that team. Um, you can probably, if you're in a bind, you can start Trey Burton. I guess, because he gets those weird gadget plays, you know, you're just hoping for a touchdown on those guys, but if you're, you know, thinking about starting Trey Burton, you're probably at that point already, right? Like, let's not mince words, come on. All right, next game, we've got Dallas and Minnesota. I have got Dallas plus seven, and I've got Dallas straight up. So, um, again, this is me going against the curve a little bit. I think that this line is way too big first off, and I think Dallas with Andy Dalton is a better team. Um, Gilbert played okay last week, but I like that they're going back to Dalton. Uh, Minnesota's defense is pretty terrible. Uh, I, I don't think anyone's been under any under. I don't think anyone should be under any illusion that they're actually good because Nick Foles couldn't put up more than thirteen points on them in prime time. Like I'm sorry, Nick Foles is just a terrible quarterback, and that is definitely not the case for Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is by far a better quarterback than uh, than Nick Foles. It's not close for me. Uh, as I just think Nick Foles is all the way down here. You know, like Andy Dalton's like up here, like probably like a few tiers above. I know you can't see me unless you're watching me on Twitch, but. Um, Andy Dolan's probably like two tiers above, uh, above, um, I'm sorry. Andy Dolan is two tiers above, uh, what's the quarterback's name that I hate? Nick Foles. Yeah, probably two things above Nick Foles. <sighs> Take a break. We've got Dallas receivers versus Minnesota quarterbacks. That is an unfair, that is getting close to like college players versus NFL players. It, it is, it is a ridiculous Dallas receiving group, um, going against a really bad Minnesota cornerback uh, group. So that's going to be real bad. Uh, I'm not excited to see that happen. Um, hopefully Zeke, or not excited for Minnesota. Excited if you're a fantasy owner, because I'm starting all those guys. I'm even starting Gallup in this game for sure. We get Dalton back. I, I love it. I love everyone in this game, um, but it's not close. I think this will be a higher scoring game, people think, because Minnesota also can score the ball. I'm a big fan of Kirk. Um, I don't think Dallas' defense is that good. Outside of, I think actually Woods is probably one of the only good safeties there, and he's just doing anything he can to help this defense. He's actually playing pretty good football, um, which is surprising. It's something that I just recently thought about and recently watched on film, you know, a few weeks ago, and I had it mulling in my head. I'm like, yeah, okay. I actually think Woods is pretty good, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it on the podcast because Dallas was on a bye last week, which is also a reason why I like Dallas over Minnesota. Coming off, that line is definitely something I like better than Dallas straight up, obviously, but I think you can lock in that plus seven. That's pretty good odds there. Um... Because Kirk can collapse. As much as I like Kirk, he can collapse. Um, Minnesota seems like they want to run the ball a lot, and I think that might be a mistake for Dallas, because I like the linebackers. The group's pretty okay up front. Um, I think that it's underrated how much Marcus Lawrence is 
a pretty good run stopper too. So, you know, maybe Dalvin has like 100 yards and they get to like 14 points and Dallas wins like 20 to 14. I could very easily see that happening um, if they continue to run the ball. If they don't continue to run the ball, which I think by the time it gets around a halftime and Dallas is beating them, they're going to go to Justin Jefferson and they're going to go to Thielen and it's going to be great because both those guys are great receivers and Dallas can't really cover them. Their cornerbacks can't cover them at least. Um, and if Woods has to run around <laughs> all over the place like it was last time, I'm pretty sure his last name's Woods, right? I'm not mixing that up for the Cowboys. What's his name? Oh, not the Browns. The Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Right? Isn't it? Isn't it Woods? Yeah, it's Woods. What's his first name? Yeah, Xavier Woods. He's He's been like the only good part about this defense, or at least the secondary. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Van Der Esch. I like Smith. Um, I like Smith on the edge, too. I like Lawrence. These, these guys are pretty good up the middle, uh, or not up the middle, but, you know, against the run. So if we see them stopping them, which I think is definitely possible, um, we could see Dallas getting this game out. But I'm starting both receivers from Minnesota. I'm starting all the receivers for Dallas because Minnesota's defense is fucking trash, especially their secondary. Or really, yeah, definitely their secondary. Uh, so we're starting those guys. Not starting Zeke. Definitely going to sit Zeke unless you have to start him, but Zeke is a pretty easy sit for me. Um, you start Dalvin, obviously. He's like one of my top running backs. Um, they've got a really good, uh, run blocking unit, but if they run the ball a bunch. Dallas is going to be able to score. I don't think that's going to be able to save them from losing this game. Uh, so hopefully they turn the ball over to Jefferson and Thielen, who are guys you just can't sit anyway. Um, don't start any tight end, Irv Smith or, um, or, or Kirk Cousins, at quarterback, or, uh, Kyle Rudolph. Don't start those guys. It's a mistake. You can find someone better on the waiver wire, I believe. Like, Logan Thomas is probably still out there. Dalton Schultz is probably still out there. You start those guys over. Uh, over the two tight ends, I said Kyle Rudolph and uh, Irv Smith. You definitely do that, 100%. Um, all right, we're making pretty good time here. We're about an hour in. That's pretty good um, to go through these games. We have got Kansas City versus Las Vegas. I've got Kansas City straight up, and I've got Kansas City minus eight. Um, Vegas seems to have like a really bad COVID issue going on. I don't really know what the deal is going to be like that when it comes time for game time, but even if all those guys on COVID, even if the line and the defensive players who got COVID uh, are playing... This is a Kansas City win. They've already lost Las Vegas this week. Las Vegas cannot beat them 2-0. They're just not a good enough team. Mahomes is going to throw for 500 yards and 5 touchdowns, and that's an understatement. They're going to dominate this defense that I don't think is very good, um, even if it's coached pretty well. It, it's I think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I would take Kansas City up to 10, probably. Uh, I just I like the offense so much more than the defense. It's not close for me. Um, the Kansas City defense is fine, and I really like Derek Carr, but I've seen people start Kansas City's defense versus the Raiders' offense, and Derek Carr only has two picks. What are you hoping for? The offensive line is good. They're not going to be able to stop... The, they're going to be able... To, I'm sorry. Las Vegas is going to be able to stop the pass rush. Like, what are you hoping for? Like, a low-scoring game, I guess? But uh, he doesn't turn the ball over, Carr. Like, he's been really good at that this year. He's been a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, even, which I 100% voted for him in the Pro Bowl multiple times because I think he's a very good quarterback. Um... But yeah, still, still won't be good enough to, to out-duel Mahomes. Vegas is better, and Carr is better in a, in a game where they're not having to keep up pace as much. So, yeah, this is an easy one. But that being said, um, I think you can start most... Uh, all the offensive weapons on Kansas City, except Love Bell. Um, start all those guys. Start Mecole. Start uh, Mecole should be off the COVID list, I think, right? Uh, you start Mecole if, if he's off the list. Uh, Sammy Watkins is coming back. Don't start Sammy Watkins because Sammy Watkins is trash. He's in the same category as AJ Green for me. Um, start Tyreek Hill. You know, start Mahomes. All those guys. Blah blah blah. On um, Las Vegas, start Josh Jacobs. Star Carps will be playing from behind probably. He he could push the ball more downfield and start Rugs. I think those are the guys I like. And, and Waller obviously. I Aguilar and and um and Rugs are probably similar, but I think they'll be throwing the ball downfield a lot more and a lot more 
deep stuff, which, which to be fair, Aguilar can do, but Ruggs probably does better. So I, I, I like that going forward. But Las Vegas doesn't have a good defense. I love Max Crosby, I guess. Um, and I like Arnett. Um, I don't really like that safety that got hurt in like the first week last year. What's his name? Uh, that guy was talking so much shit on Hard Knocks, I remember too. <laughs> he was so annoying. But I also don't really like his play. He's like a hard-hitting safety that's, you know, fine. But I don't think he's very good, especially in pass, pass coverage. Not Harris. Heath has been having a pretty good year too, which is surprising. Um, or he's pretty good rather on Jeff Heath on the PFF thing, which is very surprising for me. But you know, I like Damon Arnett. He was one of my favorite cornerbacks coming out of the out of the draft. I like Nasib. I like uh, Crosby. They've been pretty good this year. Um, so the defense is like okay. It's just not that good. You know, outside of that, but oh, was it not Damon Arnett? That's a guy that I like. Is he not playing the safety I'm thinking about? Has he been out for a while? I feel like that's entirely possible. Jonathan Abram. That's what I'm talking about. Don't like him. Um, very very bad cover coverage guy. Shouldn't have been a first round pick. Definitely a mistake there. But it looks like he's injured. So, yikes. <laughs> Definitely not worried about him. But the defense is still bad, regardless. So, not really worried about any of that stuff. Um, Kansas City should dominate and uh, play all your Kansas City guys. Play Carr. Play Rugs. Play Jacobs. It's pretty easy to say. Um, because I think you know someone's gonna have to benefit from Vegas on the comeback, and I think that's gonna be Carr, and I think that's gonna be Rugs. But, you know, it could be it could be Zay Jones, right? I'm pretty sure he's on that team. Um, pretty sure he's on the Raiders, right? It could be Zay Jones. It could be Aguilar. It could be Ruggs. We'll have to find out. Um, but it's going to be one of them. So if you want to take a chance on a guy who has pretty big upside, I think Ruggs is the biggest upside guy you get. On to the last game of the week. We've got the Rams versus Tampa Bay. I've got Tampa Bay straight up, and I've got Tampa Bay minus four. Uh, again, this is a pretty easy one. Um, well, San Francisco is a good team, but Tampa Bay is an even better team. Tampa Bay Rush is going to get to golf, and that's going to cause problems. I don't think the Rams offense is going to be that good against a very, 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 very top two, top three, top four Tampa Bay defense. Um, Rams will struggle on that for sure. Um, I like the creative play call. I like McVay a lot. Um, will he find a way to beat Brady? I don't think so. Um, to be fair, Los, Los Angeles Rams have a very good defense, um, but Brady has like... 18 weapons. I hate as much. I hate getting Antonio Brown involved as they as much as they've been doing because it kind of feels like they're forcing it, and he like maybe doesn't know the playbook or just like he seems like he's out of position a lot. And I kind of hate that. But if they're losing or in a close game, I think they just get rid of Antonio Brown and they need to put Scotty Miller back out there. They need to do the deep balls not to Antonio Brown. They need to throw the deep balls back to Scotty Miller. He's way better at it. It's not even close. I don't know why they're doing this. It's really bugging me. Um, but I mean they've got a great passing attack anyway, so. Don't worry about it. Jalen's probably going to be on Evans, so if you can sit Evans, if you can afford to do it, I'd sit Evans because Jalen is going to eat him. Um, Godwin's pretty good. Jalen could be on uh, um, on Godwin a little bit, but I like Godwin way more than Evans. It's not close for me. He's definitely uh, a start. Um, Antonio Brown, just the amount he's been getting involved, I feel like he's probably like an okay flex guy, but not excited to start him either. Um, let's talk about the running backs. I think, and this might be a hot take, but I think that... Um, <laughs> Uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones are like discount or like bargain bin uh, Chubb and Hunt. I think they're both very good running backs and uh, Chubb is 100% Rojo and Lenny is 100% uh, Hunt. And while they're not the same, obviously, I think they do very similar things. And like Hunt is the pass catcher, Lenny is the pass catcher. And they're both not like real pass catchers like Duke Johnson or like Scatbacks, you know, like James White and stuff like that. But they're, they're fine um, at what they do. They're big dudes, both of them. They can both run the ball between the tackles, too, which is great for, you know, flexibility on that offense, which is why I think the offense is very successful in the running game. 
um, or just very successful at all. Like Ronald Jones's touchdown run was a great rip through that hole because they've got a great offensive line in Tampa Bay. Um, and then he beat one of the safeties and it was over because that was like a 99 yard run. So those things, if you just make one guy miss after getting through the line, it's pretty much over, right? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I just, I just really like that running back group. We can start both of them with confidence. I think honestly, they're both probably like in the twenties for me, maybe getting closer to the thirties for Lenny or probably Rojo. I think I like Lenny more. Um, but it's going to be probably contingent on who has a bigger game. Like the way that they're not the same as, um, as Hunt and, uh, and Chubb is that they probably, one of them will have a better game than the other one. And it'll probably be more significant than like what we saw last week from, you know, the Browns, which is pretty even split. Like, I think it's possible that one of them has a way bigger run than the other one. And, uh, that kind of seals it for them. Uh, but the Rams also have a pretty good, uh, 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 run stopping defense because it's just Aaron, Aaron Donald there, so um, that's pretty good. You know the guy, um, Leonard Leonard Floyd had a really good game. He had three sacks, probably should have been four. Um, he he had a really good game. Uh, and then also that guy Williamson had a really good game too. He had two picks. He was all over the place. He was killing Russ. That's something to keep an eye on. That guy was really good. Um, if he has another good game against Brady, I need to really focus on that guy. He he was all over the place. It was great. But again, the Rams offense won't be able to do anything against Tampa Bay defense, and uh, that's why I'm kind of definitely sitting Goff. But if, if I mean, if you can afford to sit Woods or Cup, I would consider doing that. Definitely Woods more than Cup. Cup seems like he's involved way more, especially in like the scripted portion of the first, you know, drive or whatever. Or scripted, you know, with quotation marks. I feel like it's scripted, but um, it's entirely possible McVay doesn't do that. Uh, I I think I think uh, Cup is the better option, and Woods is kind of trailing a little bit off, which is very disappointing. And against Tampa Bay, they've got three good cornerbacks that can do pretty much anything. They've got a really good pass rush; they're going to disrupt Goff a lot. It's not a good scene to be in. Don't start if you can avoid it. Don't start anyone with the Rams. Just don't do it. But start people in Tampa Bay for sure. Um, that being Godwin, both of the running backs, and Brady. Brady's not a great start, but he's like top ten for me. Um, he's just been playing so well, it doesn't really matter what defense he's going against, especially with all the weapons he has. At least a name recognition on the weapons, but I think that translates pretty well. Hasn't as much this year with Evans because he's been hurt. Godwin's been hurt, too. Um, oh, Gronk. I didn't even mention Gronk. Yeah, Gronk's a great start, too. Um, I could start Gronk pretty much in anything. Tight end's pretty shallow, and uh, for some reason, Brady doesn't throw the ball to Gronk that much, but he definitely looks at him in the end zone, and Gronk always has one breakout play every week. It's not close. He always has one breakout play. It's pretty easy. Um, so that's it for all the games. We got that done a lot faster than when I had a, um, a partner with me <laughs> or whatever, or with, with a co-host or a, a guest on, which I kind of liked. Um, I feel like I got all of my important positions out there, uh, that we could talk about. So I feel like I got everything out there that I wanted to without, you know, so sometimes the guests are like handicaps, like I kind of said. Um, and I like the discussion because I feel like I'm really good bouncing off people. I really like that. But I think this time it was good for me to just get out all my thoughts you know, about the teams out here without, you know, fear of being a little bit too, too fucky with my guests, if that makes sense. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. This was my week 11 preview. Um, you know, check me out on Twitter, Big Games Fantasy Sports. You can check me out on Twitch, which I'm streaming right now currently. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the content. Um, I'm getting close to one year. I started this podcast on, the first episode came out on December 31st, 2019. Oh, what a long time ago it feels like that was. Um, so I'm getting close to my one year anniversary. So I'll probably just put out something fun you know, just like an anniversary, be like, hey, it's my thing, check it out, I've done, I don't know, close to 50 or 60 episodes, and, uh, yeah, I'm getting, um, I really feel like this podcast stuff is, well, it's, I don't think it's taking off, um, I think it's been really fun, and I'm happy that I've been able to continue to do it, I think the pandemic helped a little bit with keeping me inside and stuff, but, yeah, I'm really enjoying this stuff, so, I hope you guys are enjoying it too, I really appreciate anyone who listens, I really do, I definitely don't say that enough, um, if, if you're tuning in consistently, or you're even listening for the first time, I really appreciate it, um, 
I just like getting my ideas out there, and I think they're really good ideas. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, I hope you have a good day, and uh, peace. That's it for this episode of the Bacon Game Sportsbook. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And follow Jesse on Twitter at E-S-S-E-J-T-H-E-S-L.